Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to The Postscript. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Postscript, which is a weekly podcast by LFBI, uh, Living Faith Bible Institute. We also have a YouTube channel. You can check us out on YouTube uh, or visit thepostscriptshow.com. Our whole entire catalog of interviews is there. The whole point of The Postscript is to provide believers uh, with insight from pastors who've been in the ministry for a long time, who have insights that we need, uh, that we need to glean from, uh, but also to have theological conversations, conversations about the Word of God and how to have faith in the things that God has given us in His Word. And I have the honor of interviewing Pastor Mark Trotter. Uh, We've been sitting down over the last few weeks and having conversations about all kinds of stuff. We just got done talking about his book, Uh, the keys of Bible study in the last episode. Uh, We talked about specifically how this book was born out of a desire to help train pastors in Malawi, which is the work that Mark Trotter is primarily dedicated his life to uh, recently. And so we're going to have a conversation about that. Pastor Mark Trotter, welcome back to The Postscript. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. And, you know, you talked about how uh, we interview people that have been in ministry a long time. Was that an old joke? I mean, you you making fun well, of my being an old man? Or? Between let's just put it this way: between you and Alan Shelby, who we interviewed not too long ago, yes, there's 80 years of ministry between you. Hallelujah to you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, we'll we'll refer to your. Uh, you as just wise. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Or aged. Wis- wisdom, aged, elder, <laughs> any of those words will do. Uh, and I still can't believe I'm that guy. For real. I, I mean, I feel like I am your age. Well, you act like you're younger than me sometimes. <laughs> I mean, the amount of enthusiasm that is like just... Uh, but, you know, just to give people insight uh, who, who don't know Living Faith Fellowship, Pastor Mark, you are... If we had a mascot for the Living Faith Fellowship, you would absolutely, absolutely be it. I mean, uh, you, you, you preach our conferences, all of them. I mean, God's used you in, in, in year after year after year, All Church Retreat, Mission Focus, uh, Certainty Conference. Uh, you are a blessing to this ministry and, and to the next generation of believers that are coming up behind you. And we got to pass the torch don't we? Well, I yes, and I'm I'm humbled I, to be a part of it. I, for real, man. I every time that they ask me to speak, I'm like, wow, what an opportunity! And so I I don't at all take that for granted, and know that there's certainly a shelf life to it. But well, man, uh, I am having the time of my life, even though I'm an old geezer. Well, you're challenging us, and we really appreciate that. Praise the Lord, um, bro. So let's talk about, you are a an associate pastor at One Baptist, and uh, how long have you been going to, to church? How long have you been a part of the staff there with Billy uh, Wood? Four years. Four years now. Yes. Can you tell us the background? Tell us about One Baptist. Uh, tell us about Pastor Billy and... Uh, and then about the mission to Malawi, give us some insight on that. Okay, yeah. So uh, about, uh, oh man, 20 years ago, uh, our church from New Philadelphia was uh, going to plant a church in the Atlanta area because like a lot of big cities in our country, uh, 
Atlanta is a hard place to find a church that has a faith-based view of the Bible. It's crazy. There's a million churches. Yes. And, and now that's not to say that there aren't a lot of them that use King James, but the barnacles that are all over that, mm. uh, man, I, I couldn't, I, I could not in a good conscience bring my family to that system. Wow. And so, you know, it's either you go to a church that uses another version and you're bringing your kids up in that, or you bring them up in legalism. Mm -hmm. And that's not to, you know, there may be somebody in Atlanta that I know not of, but I will tell you, there were believers down there 20 years ago that were trying everything they knew to find a place like that. And they were saying to us in New Philly, well, you guys, you're training guys, and you say you believe in church planting. Well, uh, why not plant one here? Right. And so, you know, I'm like, wow, okay, maybe we need to look into that. And so there was a nucleus there. Uh, I would preach on Sunday morning back in those days, hop on a plane and go to Atlanta and meet with those believers uh, on Sunday night. Wow. And... Uh, so that started happening until we could actually see who it might be in our ministry that we could send there. So it was during that period of time when I was meeting with this nucleus of believers that uh, one of the guys was going to the church where Billy Wood was the assistant pastor and at that point heir apparent at that place. And... Uh, so uh, he connected Billy and I, mm -hmm. and uh, actually it worked out to where they were on a mission trip together, and uh, he had a CD, uh, it was those days, uh, had a CD of me preaching about marriage. And so uh, he was, this dude was up in first class. He comes back to Billy and said, hey, you listening to anything? And Billy said, no, not really. And so he he turned him on to that. Billy was a part of a, a churches that, uh, more of a camp meeting type. I don't even know if you know what I have no that idea what you're is. talking about. Okay, and again, I don't want to, you know, lose my influence with people. <laughs> You're going to say something that'll... Well, yeah, with that little precursor there, it's, it's people that believe in the King James and yell about a lot of oh, yeah. stuff yeah. and say very little. Yeah. You know, it's not expository yeah. preaching. The stereotypical independent fundamental There Baptist. you go. Okay, yes. Yeah. And so Billy was quite intrigued by, you know, he had never never really heard somebody just breaking out the Bible that actually was using the King James and all of that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Not, not that I'm the only one. It was just his first exposure. And so he, you know, he wanted to listen to that whole series, listen to all of that and started ordering everything that was up in New Philly. And so this guy that had invited him to go on the mission trip says, well, you know, he comes down on Sunday nights and, you know, he heads back on Monday. I'm sure I could set up a breakfast uh, 
you know, with, with you, with him. And, uh, so Billy and I went to Martin's biscuits, man. Oh, I've heard him talk about, <laughs> I've heard him talk about Martin's biscuits. Oh yes, man. And is Billy he addic- is, is he uh, addicted to the biscuits. Oh, you might as well face it. He's addicted to biscuits. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm now just recognize that that was recorded and we'll be able, people will be able to watch that forever, <laughs> what you just did. Oh, and, and that'll be selling into the dozens. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, well, I, you know, I sit down with him and bless his heart. He was so humble. Um, and so, and, and this is going to sound like I'm not, I'm just telling you the story. Mm-hmm. So. He, he, you know, we sat down and he, I mean, within 60 seconds, dude, how do you get what you get out of the Bible? And, um, I knew what he meant, you know, again, I, I, he, he wanted this. Yes. (laughs) This is what he wanted. Yes. And so I said, do you, do you have a pen, uh, and a paper out in the truck? That is the South. And so he went out to the truck, got that. And uh, so I, I, first of all, just started showing him writing out the scripture in a way to where the Bible can stay. The Bible, the points of your outline are actually coming from the Bible and not from your head. Yeah, they fall out naturally. Yes. And, you know, and all along the way as we're doing that, then starting to show him the principle of context, showing him the, the key, principle the key, of all the comparison, keys of Bible study. the three layers of application and all yeah. this kind of yeah. thing. And so... Uh, so he became a disciple of sorts of yours. Yes. You know, and again, I'm, 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 I'm saying yes, but I'm, I'm humbled by that. In well, and obviously, Billy is a, a man covered in God's grace, and and God's yeah. using him. Oh, but he was hungry at the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so uh, again, so he started, you know, ordering all kinds of stuff, and it wasn't like we were major boys or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, you know, but he was listening, growing, all of it. And, you know, we would pass each other here and there uh, through the years. And then uh, when I was in, in Columbus, uh, a few episodes ago, I was talking about the the Antichrist that I worked for, and you yeah, know, I was one of men. His son was, yeah, that was one of my best friends, and so we've maintained this friendship. And this is a unique guy, and uh, and you know he he has an env- or a wallet, but it, what it is is a letter size envelope, and on the outside of his wallet, he's got ten things that he has authorized himself to do, and if it's not on that list, then. He's not going to do it. The first thing on the list is disciple always. The second thing on the list is help people get what they want. And so he, when he is with you, he's going to try to use that as an opportunity for discipleship. Mm-hmm. But he's going to listen to your heart and what it is that you've got as a dream and a vision for your life. And he makes it his dream and his vision to help people to uh-huh. get that. And so he had been listening to me uh, for years talk about getting with pastors and having a heart for guys that are slugging it out 
and going through stuff in churches and have nobody to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. And man, I'd love to get with pastors and encourage them. Uh, so he's hearing me talk about that. He's hearing about this door in Malawi. And uh, and again, I don't even know about his envelope at this point. So it's not like I'm working. He's just listening to my art. But on his envelope, the second thing is help people get what they want. And so this door in Malawi was opening up to where, uh, you know, I was trying to get there and train these guys. And they were so hungry. And it got to the point to where I knew we had to formalize this into it has a beginning, it has an end. There's, you know, curriculum and order and yeah, all of this. And so, you know, but again, I'm, I'm the teaching pastor. And I've got all these responsibilities that I've, you know, got going and I'm trying to do this in Malawi and you're spread then. Oh yes. And, and something had to give, I, I mean, I, I just couldn't do it all. And so without my even knowing it, this guy that I'm talking about that wants to help people get what they want, right? he's, he's thinking, okay, how could we position him to be able to do the Malawi thing, but he's got to, he's got to eat and he's got to be able to fund that ministry. And, and so, you know, I know he's got a heart for pastors. And so what if, and so he started, he, he sent an email to Billy Wood and because he was trying to think of what, what pastors w- might buy into the vision of helping Mark get this Malawi piece going and be able to start writing books mm-hmm. and doing mm-hmm. things like that. So he calls or emails Billy. Billy's on vacation in Florida. And uh, this email is coming to him out of nowhere. He hadn't talked to this guy in years. And he says, uh, I want to talk to you about Mark Trotter. And Billy said, I, he said, I, I opened that up on my phone and I thought, oh no, please tell me he has not fallen. That's the first thing that he, oh, he thought, just, Jeez. you know. Yeah. And well, so he called him immediately. What, what are you talking about, man? And, uh, I mean, he's all right, you know, yeah. and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing like that. It's all good. You know? Okay. Okay. Well, we can talk when I get off vacation. And so. He he talked to him. I, I don't even know that he's talking to him. And he says, okay, so what if... But he knew that you knew Billy already. Yes, okay. he knew you yeah. know that I had influenced him, that yeah, Billy yeah, had yeah. been following you know from afar at that sure. point. And so you know he, he just kind of started dreaming and said, what if Mark based out of one Baptist? And I know you guys are small. You couldn't support you know, uh, another pastor. Um, but what if you guys took a chunk of his support and he would preach there 15 times a year and he would travel, you know, to fund what he does in Malawi from what you guys give and from the speaking engagements and whatever else, you know, God may open up. And, uh, and so, Billy said, man, let's talk. 
And so Billy called me, uh, and so we started talking, and you know, he was just like, "Wow, this is crazy," yeah. you know. And uh, but you know, sitting down with Billy, uh, he is he is an exhorter. He's mm-hmm. an it's true. encourager, uh, and. He has, in the last four years, he's done everything that we set out to do. He has been an encourager. He has, uh, we call it a marriage. We married our ministries. He has adopted Malawi. That is, that's not my thing. That's our thing. Right. Yeah. Um, One Baptist is is our thing. Yeah. And and it's uh, and it's evident, and we and you can see it. It's beautiful. And and I love that um, that Billy, I mean he's he's a cheerleader for you. You're a cheerleader for him. But now you've got Living Faith Fellowship is getting involved, yeah. and and he's knit to that, and you're Amen. knit to that, and we're knit to the work. And so we've we've been a part of even beginning to send um, teachers to help you do the past pastoral training. Tell us about the pastoral training. Yes. Yeah, so it, it started. Uh, I started leading teams into Malawi when I was in Columbus. Uh, there was a guy in our church that uh, I didn't even know had gone on a mission trip to Malawi. He knew uh, a missionary uh, that had gone there and had actually met Palera, uh, Palera Chibwana, who uh, runs the Passion Center for Children and what has grown into now the Passion Center for Pastors. Yeah, one of your best friends oh, in the world. No, this, this is guy. my home boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, we are, uh, you know, obviously he's Malawian, but we have the best time. He so gets me. I get him. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I was noticing uh, on one of the living faith, things that we we had recently at Mission Focus, when, when he, he responded on that, he says, I, I sure miss y'all. And he, he's he says, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Here's this Malawian saying, y'all. Yeah, right. And I'm like, man, what a brother. Yeah. And so we are knit in the soul uh, in, in that work. And so I started, uh, I, without my knowing it, this guy from our church had gone on a mission trip and just got rocked. I'm I'm in the foyer one Sunday. He walks up to me uh, in Columbus, and he says, "You know what? I went on a mission trip," and he just starts gushing, man. And he said, "Can I? Could I? Can I take you to breakfast and tell you about this?" And so, uh, I you know he was a big wig in a Fortune 500 company, and uh, he ended up bringing breakfast into his big schwank office and has a PowerPoint. He cries through the whole thing and just begs me, would you would you just pray to see if the Lord might just let you go look at this field? Mm. And I'm like, dude, sure, man. So within a few months, I had gone met Palera. There was no church there. I, I started talking to Palera about, man, I, I, this orphanage is awesome. What you're doing with widows is, is awesome. What you're doing with the poor is awesome. But man, this w- the, this is all about the church. And all of these things somehow need to get under the umbrella of the church. That was all he needed. I mean, this dude was itching 
to be a pastor. He was just overwhelmed with all right. of it. He just needed right. somebody to encourage him with that. He planted a, a church. It's a thriving church today. The ministries. And he's to, planted churches. Yeah, oh, yes. From, uh, from that original oh, church. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's been just this incredibly beautiful thing that God has done. Um, and so as we were leading teams into some of these ministries to orphans and widows, child-headed households, which uh, one of these days we'll have to talk about that. Uh, but uh, he started talking to me about a, a pastor's fraternal in their area. And would I be willing to have a seminar, you know? So I did that and because it was in a city, a lot of the pastors that were there had had training, but they were, you know, they were really excited about what they were learning and all this kind of stuff. And so when I would lead teams, we would always do that. And so then we started talking about getting outside of the cities where in the most of the people in Malawi, it's 75 to 80% of them live in villages and there's churches out there, but the the pastors have never had any training. Right. And so it, and yet they're all in these fraternals, all these pastors uh, all over the, in the entire country. There's 140 regions, and each one has a fraternal. They get together once a month, and if I may, you know, they propagate their false doctrine to each other. And... Yeah, which the most common false doctrines would be charismatic. Way charismatic, hyper charismatic, and prosperity gospel mm -hmm. is crazy. It's one yeah. of the poorest nations in the world, and yet the prosperity gospel is... Which is common in most poor nations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we started going out there, and wow, it was just so apparent. The, this is where we need to be. These guys are hungry. They've never had anything. So, man, that's where it really started to get this traction and the vision for, man, we could actually train these guys. And so we were in one of them. We had uh, 148 of pastors in that one. And man, I'm pinching myself thinking, this is so awesome. And so we, we did that. And uh, just before they graduated, we started in another area and same kind of traction. And so now there's eight areas, and now there's over 800 pastors that are a part of the training. And I'm not doing this to promote the book, but basically what the training is, when I go three times a year, I'm teaching yeah. this material. Right. We just wanted to get it in a written form so they could study it mm -hmm. and... Uh, and then, so the way that it works is I come three times a year. We hold seminars in all of these areas. But Palera and our other ministry partner, Saul Mateo, they go out every other week uh, to these locations. They're giving assignments. They're receiving assignments. They're teaching, following up on the materials. And so a lot of the materials... Uh, that they're working through are the 52 weeks of pursuit, sure. keys of Bible study, you know, and, and these kinds of... Uh, and, and one of the most exciting things is in their training, they're also getting a philosophy of biblical discipleship, which I've heard is 
has been slow going. Yes. Uh, because it's conceptually, culturally, uh, a little bit outside of their wheelhouse. Um, but how is that? How is that going? How's that work going? Well, and and this is going to be. Uh, it's going to be a long process, right? Because what we're dealing with. Okay, so I'm talking about. We have the city pastors who have had training. You get out to the villages. And one of the reasons these guys have become the pastors is because they at least have a sixth to eighth grade education, mm. which is more than what a lot of them have. So literacy is a big issue. And so now we're trying, it's kind of like we're, we're trying to figure out how they did it in the first century mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's not as easy as here's your lesson and let me teach you. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we, we are doing, uh, the best we can do, uh, Midtown Baptist Temple. Of course, you're one of the pastors there. Pastor Sam has graciously taken the responsibility to try to help Pastor Palira at Mulunguzi Community Church to become a model church for discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so we're putting all of our eggs in that basket uh, the Thessalonians in chapter one, Paul writes, and he says, "You followed the the example of me and Silas and Timothy." And he says in chapter two, "And you followed the churches in Judea." And so we're trying to see the Lord make Mulunguzi Community Church a church of Judea that other churches in Malawi can follow that model. And so it, it's it, it's uh, we're, we're not going to quit. Yeah. But it, it is uh, it's not the easiest thing to have. Happen. You know what's really interesting about what you're saying in, in the previous episode, we had a conversation about how you were introduced to biblical discipleship, and um, and the journey that you went on, and uh, and the influence of of Jeff Adams and and the church here in Kansas City, and how they imp- and in many regards, um, you know. There might be cultural differences, but really, you're doing what was done for you. Oh, absolutely! I, I don't know how to do anything else. It's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to watch, and it's a, it's an amazing thing for Living Faith Fellowship to be able to witness and even participate in. And so, um, we're, I mean, I, we're here, and yes. we're, so we're going to stand with you, and and we're going to help you. Um, how many times a year are you going down to Malawi? Uh, three times a year. Okay, and that's usually with teams. Yes, it's turned into that. A lot of Living Faith pastors have come alongside and are challenging these pastors, which helps me a bunch because, again, you know, we were in just one location when this started. Now we're in eight. So I'm not getting any younger. I will tell you, being on your feet, pouring your guts out, uh, day after day after day, all day long. Boy, it's cool to have like-minded yeah, brothers right. that uh, can come in, right. do the same thing that you do. It's good for them to be able to see it. You know, I'm not the only one that believes right. this stuff, right. and, and and it's a beautiful thing, man. Well, we're excited about what God's doing. We're praying that uh, the work in Malawi would continue to grow. Uh, so that heresy can't. Amen, brother. And so that 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 wicked and false religions will not um, overtake Malawi the way that they have other uh, countries in Africa. And so we're praying with you, and um, and you know, 
give us maybe give us the top top three prayer requests in the immediate that that you believe that the that Palira and the church there need. Well, the the Muslims have targeted Malawi to be the first Muslim nation in sub-Sahara Africa. And so right now, in all the major thoroughfares, you, there's a mosque every five kilometers. Even though people may not attend there, mm -hmm. the, the infrastructure is all there. The funding is all coming from you know other places it's a work in the of, world. Of force and influence. Yes. Yeah. And I'm telling these pastors, guys, we've got to get to the place to where this stuff is second nature. We're training another generation and we can begin this process of church planting. And I, I, I said, listen, we've got this window right now because the Muslims are going to take it over if we don't do yeah. what we need to do. That is, so that would be the number okay. one yeah. thing is for this to so take root, for them to invest into the people in their churches so that church planning can happen. And yet, how can church planning happen without discipleship? You know, and so the, both of those are the number one okay. uh, prayer requests is that God would raise up Mulunguzi Community Church, Pastor Palira Chabwana, Pastor Saul Mateo, the, the, the two main pastors there, that God will somehow allow that to become a model church for discipleship for all of the churches in, in Malawi to follow. Awesome. Mark, thank you for your heart. Well, thank you for yours, bro. And I'm glad we can partner this is, in this together, dude. Yeah, it's great. It's a real privilege. And um, and, and we'll do this again soon. We, I want to do another one of these interviews if if you're if you're down. Oh, I'm down. Next time you're in KC, we'll do we'll do this again. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I love you. I'm thankful love for you. Love you too, man. And we want to thank you uh, as well as Pastor Mark Trotter for joining us. Uh, if you have missed any of the conversation between uh, Pastor Mark Trotter and I, please go back, listen to the other episodes. You can find those at thepostscriptshow.com, or you can watch them uh, on our YouTube channel. Just search for The Postscript, and you'll be able to find that pretty easily. Uh, if you've got questions about the work in Malawi, you can learn more about that work at Pastor Mark's website, marktrotter.tv. If you got questions about it, uh, maybe in your heart, uh, you're a like-minded church, and in your heart, you're recognizing, wow, this is a work that our church could get behind, or this is something I could get behind. Uh, marktrotter.tv, you can contact him directly. Uh, ask him a, a question if you have one. Uh, let him know what you're thinking, what your heart is, or even just encourage him. Let him know that you're praying. Uh, that would be amazing. But we do want to thank you for being with us. Uh, we ask that you uh, come back next week and, and hear, hear from uh, pastors and missionaries and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute. We'll see you next week. If you've got questions about Living Faith Bible Institute or the postscript, please visit lfbi.org.